0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. All right, we're gonna change the flavor today in the bullpen. I do not have a debate guest as normal. I have a dear friend of mine and mentor president of the Atlanta NAACP and your day of impact, anything you purchase from indisputable. A portion of that goes directly to the Atlanta NAACP. Mr. Richard Rose, chapter president. Good day, sir, welcome.
1: Good afternoon. How are you doing, Dr.
0: Richie? I'm doing (laughs) quite well, man. Years ago, brother, I remember when you took over the Atlanta branch of the NAACP. This was before I started doing any television broadcasting. And you came on my show. I just wanted to to size you up, brother, that's all. (laughs) Because uh, normally I would be the guy who would at times support the NAACP. And at other times I had to put my foot up their rear end. So I decided not to join. I would be supportive, but I told you this, right? I told you the first time we met, I said, I'm not going to join because I may have to put my foot up your ass one day. And it would look awkward if I'm a member of the organization and you respected it. And then I looked at your leadership. I looked at what you did for us traveling to other places to fight racism, not only inside of Atlanta, but outside of Atlanta. I saw you engage with the college campuses in Atlanta, especially the HBCUs like i had never seen before. I saw you take progressive stances as it relates to affordable housing, equal pay for equal work, policies that impact everyday people right here in America. You did all of that, right? And sometimes contrary to some of the movement happening happening nationally, you stood firm. Now, I decided then To join the Atlanta NAACP. And I've been a member ever since, man. So I hope I haven't given you too much trouble while I've been a member under your organization.
1: Man, you've been a great member. (laughs) We need about 2000 more, just like you, who are willing to speak out. We'll take the criticism. We try to be on the right side of issues. I think we're pretty successful in that. You know, and it comes from, you know, I've been a I'm really a life member. I joined at the age of 13 in youth council in Memphis. And so I've been a part of NACP for a long, long time and I know what the, what the issues are in the community. I've worked in them. You know, I'm a practicing certified public accountant, so I practice in the community. I worked at, a, at, a, at the New Orleans Housing Authority for a year. So I understand housing affordability and public housing and, and lack of housing. And so it's easy for me. I'm grateful that for the support folks like you and, and my executive team, my members who support the initiative that we start.
0: I want to ask you this because I don't know when it happened for you, but I think it happens for every leader. Like It it may be gradual or sometimes it's a hard shift, but there was something in your leadership journey that caused you to be different than some others who are either just 100% on the left trying to protect people just because they are left leaning or just because they happen to be Democrats. You decided to be so issues based that at times based on issues it put you at odds with Democrats. And some of these Democrats, you probably wanted to like or wanted to be connected to because of their leadership and status in the community. But you made a decision, when did that start for you?
1: Well, I have to give credit to, to my mom and my grandmother where I grew up. You know, my first face to face confrontation with racism was at a nine year old when I asked my mother if we could go to the zoo on the weekend. Uh, And she informed me that no, in Memphis Negroes could not go to the zoo except on Thursday. And so the conversations after that and other conversations around civil rights in the the 50s and 60s and 70s has formed my perspective along with my profession as an analyst. You know, I'm I'm certified, but I do numbers, I look at the issues uh, and I know what the how do those issues have affected the community. So I think it, I think it's not something that I did. It's something that has evolved from where I came from and, and my HBCU background. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's 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 the real
0: answer. I think it's very important for the viewers to understand how pivotal you were to making sure Georgia had a massive turnout in the midterm elections, uh, in in the presidential cycle. Excuse me. And you have um, worked with a coalition, right, a coalition of individuals, a coalition of groups, right? Because without that coalition, you don't get John also as a US senator, right? Without that coalition, you don't get Reverend Dr. Raphael Warnock as a US senator. Tell those who are watching because you got a lot of people who watch Indisputable, they want to get involved and they are organizers at heart. They may lack some of the experiential knowledge that you have. Tell us the secret sauce for the massive outreach and get-out-the-vote activity you all were able to lead in Georgia.
1: Well, to me, it was a no-brainer. You know, I'm a student of the movement. I watched Dr. King put together various coalition. His, when you look at the SCLC leadership, they had Andrew Young over here, Jose Williams over there, and so I understood we have to strengthen strength in diversity. I also know that you know we have a, a decent network of NAACP branches around the state. But that cannot be all of it. I have had a, and watched us in 2018 not have a very good turnout as different people had silos across. And so I knew that in order for us to be more effective, we had to get all of the people who were working in the field together. Not working over each other, but working collectively. Collaboratively together, and so we did that with the Prince Hall Masons, the Divine Nine, the People's Agenda, Georgia Stand Up, New Georgia Project, Black Vote Matters, and so we all we talked to each other. We talked about all the things that needs to be done to get this turned out, and I think it was effective. And we will become more effective as time goes on. You know,
0: we've learned this in strategy that while there are some candidates who will still think, okay. We just need to get people out to vote. Well, that's not it. You have to tell them why they're voting. You have to connect the policy to their life and make it plain, make it substantive, make it connect. How are you all able to utilize policy to excite voters to vote in their self-interest?
1: Well, we focus on those policies and and we have a chart that says a hey, this is the police chief is is appointed by the mayor, so you have to vote for the mayor. The district attorney, you vote for that. You vote for the judges. You vote for the the, the uh, Congress people. You vote for the legislature. And this chart tells uh, spells out some factor or some element of their life, and who uh, directly affects that that part of their life. And so you, we had to uh, get that out to the public. And when we looked at uh, say for example, the, uh, the the senators the runoff on January fifth. We talked about the things that those that, that the Senate would vote on that affected their lives: health care, uh, housing, uh, COVID relief, uh, jobs, uh, environment, and then, and and we put that to the voters, and it was effective in in bringing people to the polls. You have to make it real. All politics is local, and that means not only is it local, but it's personal. Is that one
0: of the keys that maybe Democrats are missing sometimes or progressives is that we tend to nationalize a movement, but we can make the local argument just as well and probably the local argument is more impactful. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think absolutely the local argument is more impactful. And sometimes the Democrats talk beyond people, they talk above Mm -hmm. people instead of talking to them about what affects them. I think that's a mistake. And that's a mistake that we're not going to make. Only the grassroots activists are, we are united in that in talking directly to the voter about the things that affects that voter and his or her family. Years ago, years ago when
0: Michelle Nunn was running for US Senate. Remember that? Yeah. Michelle Nunn was running for US Senate, daughter of Senator Nunn. Very popular still in the state of Georgia and really nationally. She was running for the US Senate. All of the Democrats were behind her. I did not really know her platform. Um, I didn't know what she really believed in. I know she hung out in some conservative circles, some Democratic circles. I I was just really confused. But I got an email, it was leaked to me from her campaign. And the email was a strategy document. And the strategy document had their strategy for various demographics in the state. There was a strategy for the Jewish community. There was a strategy for white women between a certain age demographic. There was a strategy for white males. There was a strategy and there was also strategy for black folk. Now the strategy for all of the groups except black people involved policy. Mm -hmm. Every strategy was, here's what we're gonna tell them we'll do. Here's how we're gonna vote on this. Here's how we're going to make the policy argument. It was all policy for those groups. And then when it got to black people in Georgia, there was zero policy. It was contact this preacher, contact that influencer, make sure this entertainer is on the campaign. It was all about who could influence black folks to vote rather than a policy that would excite black folks to vote. And i exposed it on my show. Contrary to many Democrats who wanted me to keep it secret, I was saying, but no way to hell I'm keeping this secret. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it showed the reality of what you just said about Democrats have typically talked beyond us and, and not just people, specifically black and brown folks in particular, right? right? right because right. they assume, okay, if we get you behind to the polls, you're just going to vote for us. We don't have to give you anything. Well, right. That's why people are not excited about typical Democrats anymore.
1: Correct absolutely and uh it's a fa- uh, it's a it's a shame because there is much to talk about. people yep. have needs. Uh, and and it's really you know when you you study Maslow's theory of a hierarchy yep. for most black people we at the lower levels we just want food, we want shelter, we want housing we want health care we want the basics in life. You know, and so when you miss those, and when you forget about those issues for uh, the people in our community, you are you are discouraging them from the from the ballot, and discouraging them from exercising their right to vote. Yeah. Very well said. Um, I'm thankful
0: for your continued leadership. Obviously, you all to get out the vote coming up is going to be tough, and you know why. Because this administration, they're not exciting a lot of black people. They're not exciting people on the left at all. I know the NAACP is nonpartisan, but you are issues based. Right. You now have to say, here are the issues that are still important on the ballot. How do you plan to start pulling that off moving
1: forward into this midterm cycle? So one of the things we've done, we, we partnered with the Georgia Coalition for People's Agenda, and commission a survey of voters to really understand we focus on those low propensity voters, okay. people who don't go often. And ask them what what are their concerns? Why don't they vote? What will make them interested in the vote? We're going to use we are pouring over that data now we kind of stopped to to do this election but we will we will fashion our get out the vote efforts using this study that we uh, the Howard University Political Science Department did for us and we will uh, we will we will approach it that. We hope it's going to make a difference. We believe it can. We believe it must for our community. Yeah, and and I got to remind everyone,
0: this is exactly what you led last time. It was a data driven approach, you first surveyed voters, you understood. I remember you called me one night (laughs) and you said, I think you had either 12 or 14. You, You knew the areas that had the most need as far as turnout. Right. But that was based on the science,
1: explain that to us. So I was looking at the voter registration numbers every month because there were a lot of voter purges, you know, going on in Georgia. Yeah. And so what I learned was that there are 17 counties in Georgia that contain 75% of the black voters. So we have 159 counties, but only 17 contain 75% of the voters. So from that 17, we branched out, we focused on those, and we ended up with 21 counties. That contain eighty three point seven percent of the voters in Georgia, and wow. that was our focus. Amazing.
0: Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so Out it's of just fifty-nine hundred and fifty nine counties. You were able to say, okay, this is where we got to pay attention, and that makes the targeting and the strategy and the implementation more powerful because you don't dilute it by the massive geography of the state of Georgia.
1: Correct. Absolutely.
0: All and right. so
1: it's all about numbers. You know, we. We, t- we do our best to, uh, to serve the community, focusing on the issues of the NAACP voting rights, equal justice, economic opportunity, education, health, housing and environment. And, uh, and voting is essential to all of those things because, they, because politicians control these resources. And they set policy, they, uh, zoning laws and so forth. So the vote is the number one thing that we have to uh, pay attention to. I really appreciate you being on the show today. I wanted
0: my indisputable audience to meet you. You have been a great impact and guide in my life. For those who are watching and they would like to be supportive of the Atlanta NAACP, follow the Atlanta NAACP on social, how can they do so?
1: Sure, we at NACP Atlanta on Facebook, on Twitter, on on Instagram, Face our website is naacpatlanta.org. Uh, we will we will uh, you can send us a message in either of those uh, lo- uh formats and uh if you want to donate or join go to nacpatlanta.org click on join click on donate or volunteer we can always use volunteers for research projects for phone banking for everything we need to serve the whole community and we need the community to help us do that there are very few people
0: that I can say if that person is in a room I don't need to be there (laughs) because I know you're going to represent the community the right way. And you're one of those people brother I appreciate you being on indisputable. Thank you my friend.
1: Thank you so much been great working with you these years. Same here,
0: same here.